0: Hey, I just sat down, like, I'd say three minutes ago, and so far my cat has climbed up onto me, dug her claws into my knee, jumped up on the table, almost knocked over my drink, Walked across the laptop. Hopefully she didn't fuck anything up. I'm not very tech-savvy. That's kind of Sydney's biz. Um, yeah. So that's been my first three minutes. Hopefully you're all doing well. Welcome back to the Horror Jabber. I have a pretty neat little episode for you today. Neat, because Wednesday? Okay? Remove the claws, big guy. Trying to do a hit podcast here, right? Thank you. Neat, because we're going off path for a quick minute. See, so far I've talked about creatures for the most part. Skinwalkers, black-eyed children. Last time we talked about possession from a demonic entity. But today we're talking about a place. Not a being, a killer, or a creature. A place. A place that just like everything else I cover on the show may or may not be real. This one, however, I'm going to be honest with you. You can most likely sleep comfy knowing this place doesn't exist. It's possible. It's possible, of course. Anything's possible. But this one is a stretch. I say that disclaimer because we've had people sending us videos and texts and messages about how this show has been freaking people out. Which is great. You know, that's what horror is for. But, like, I can't look outside my window at night anymore because I'm sure... A black-eyed child is going to be out there, and I don't see deer the same way since the Skinwalker episode. That's to name a few messages we've got. Understandable, you know, um, admittedly, I don't see deer the same way, but let's still love deer. Let's still love deer, guys. Yeah, they're a little scarier now, knowing they might not be deer, and they might be some sort of scary entity from yesteryear coming to ravage your whole body and kill it so badly but it's probably just a deer but that's a few messages we've got so sleep tight my dogs this place is probably non-existent even if it does exist you will almost definitely not end up there where is there you might ask today's episode the back rooms Ooh, the back rooms this is going to be a loaded episode, full of a lot of weird information, so keep your mind sharp. Or maybe the opposite, actually. You might come out of this feeling dumber, to be honest with you. So, where to begin? Where to begin with the back rooms? I guess I'll give a description. So, essentially, the back rooms is a different dimension, with never-ending hallways, rooms and doorways. Almost always described as very similar to a vacant old office building. Pale yellow wallpaper, buzzing tube lights, damp carpets lining every single inch of the potentially never-ending dimension. Basically, it's a soulless, vacant work area that attacks your fears of the ever-stretching, capitalistic office space. Cool. Why are they called the Backrooms? This is where the info dump begins. Alright, so strap in. Honestly, maybe even like spark up a joint or something. I'm not a drug guy myself. I mean, I don't even personally smoke weed. But I had to learn about this place completely sober. And it's taken me a long time. I've known about the Backrooms for years. And I feel like just in the last year I've sort of actually understood it with my completely sober brain, I just feel like maybe a a jazz cigarette, you know, little electric lettuce, some of that devil's sweet, sweet leaf might aid your brain in taking all this in. So if you partake, pause it, grab the zip zap, and inhale a giant fucking banger straight into your brain. If it's legal where you live and you aren't driving You know, for legal reasons, let's lay that on the table. Okay, pause it. Go do that. Okay, good and blasted now. Let's continue. So the reason they're called the backrooms is basically a few different explanations coming together. And the biggest one being how you get there. And this is where the brain cell killing might begin. See, the only way to access the backrooms is by accidentally no-clipping into them what's no clipping i can hear you thinking no clipping is a term that originates from video game programmers it's something developers enable while they're making a video game that allows them to move through walls and floors or any other barriers that they've put in place and they use no clipping when developing games so they can check every inch of their game for bugs and glitches They can use it to put little Easter eggs and secret rooms. I know you love finding those secret little rooms. Things such as that. So the theory is that these back rooms exist just outside of our physical realm, much like a video game, which ties into the simulation theory, which we will get into in a bit. Back to no clipping for a second. It's not just game developers who use this. See, every video game out there, It has its flaws. People such as easter egg hunters, especially speedrunners, find specific areas in the map of the game that has a glitch in it. Once they find it, they're able to no-clip through or under or over the explorable map in said video game, allowing the player to explore unfinished areas, or never made at all areas, of the video game, making it easy for them to finish the level in record time by skipping under the playable area. So, (sighs) I'm going to give you a minute there. So, the no-clip backroom theory is much like in a video game, there's actually places in our physical reality that are essentially unfinished or corrupt Making it possible for humans, me, you, your loved ones, <clears throat> sorry, to no clip through the physical realm that we all know as reality, causing you to fall through our visible simulation into the backrooms. So, like I said, it's a dimension just outside of our own, and I'm sure you can already see how the backrooms directly tie into the simulation theory. So for those of you who aren't aware, there's a really big theory with actually a lot of backup evidence that suggests that our reality, the world we inhabit, our universe, everything us humans know to be real is just a very complex simulation. There's a lot of different lenses to look at the simulation theory, but today We're just going to stick with the one that services the backrooms. So, for the sake of argument, if we are to believe that we live in a simulation much like a hyper-advanced video game, we can assume that the creators of this universe we all live in would have to have an original layout that would allow them to move freely during the development of our simulated universe, much like the video game programmers I was talking about earlier. That is what the backrooms are. A world just out of sight that allowed the developers, you know, quotations, to move through as they work on our universe, or at least that's one theory. Frankly, believe it or not, it is actually the one that makes the most sense. The other theories are mostly unfinished, like, for example, uh, the the back rooms are just a different dimension, and no one knows what they are, but if they're just like a naturally occurring multiverse pocket, then why would we be no clipping into that one, and not others? It just seems sort of unfinished. Just like an unfinished thought. At least the simulation theory is fleshed out. Um, but see, that right there, what I just told you, is just the tip of the iceberg as to why the back rooms are so scary. I mean, you could end up there at any point in time, anywhere, for no reason, other than you took the exact wrong step. Scary. Right? Let's just say you do. For the sake of argument, once more, let's say, okay, you're walking up the stairs at home, you know. You step exactly in the correct area of a broken part of our simulation. Next thing you know, you fall into the back rooms. What should you expect? What's down there? How do you get out? I explained briefly, at the top of the episode, what to expect. You know, cubicle-type environment, silence, other than the buzz of the fluorescent lights above you, smoky yellow walls, damp, dingy carpet, seemingly going on forever, like a giant, vacant office maze. But that's not all of it. it. Not exactly. You know, as you explore you'd find that there's many, like, very surreal structural issues, I guess I'd call them. Like a hallway that leads to nothing. Or a perfectly cut hole in the floor that leads to another layer. A hole in the wall with a ladder leaning up. You know, leading up to a tunnel. Stairways that may just go to a higher layer of office rooms. Um, the exit rooms that just go to more rooms you know stuff like that but if you stay long enough you might find yourself in a very very dangerous scenario i mean sure if you can't find your way out you'd die of starvation or dehydration but it is pretty unlikely that you'd be able to survive long enough for that anyways it's said that in the back rooms a select few entities live None of which are docile or friendly. Essentially, these unworldly, perhaps otherworldly creatures roam the back rooms for no reason other than that's where they've been trapped or that's the only place they can exist. And if they find you, the chase is on. Which, I mean, makes sense. We can't be too mad at the back room creatures, you know. Imagine for a second... You're a predatory creature in just a never-ending realm of worse-than-nothingness. You're just in this weird fucking liminal space forever, you know? If a human just, like, fell into your lap like that, you'd, you'd go after them just to kill the boredom, if nothing else. But you're not a predatory creature. You're a person. So if you are able to avoid these predatory creatures long enough... You might find yourself a glimpse of hope, a stairwell, going to another level, and you would quickly learn that the hope was simply a mirage. Because apparently, there's about nine different levels of the back rooms, all having slight differences in the area, from different layouts, different settings, like pipe rooms, or maybe white hospital-like hallways, all the way to levels with no lights fuck that dude nothing no lights extremely dangerous creatures of course that kind of services the story a little too well in my opinion but what if i don't know so how do you get out if you find yourself in the back rooms how do you escape well <gasps> bad news big guy bad news sorry I'm sorry, dude. I'm sorry. I don't want to have to lay this on you, but that's my fucking job here as the horror jabber, creator, driver. That's my job. There's one way out. Can you guess what it is? Fucking no-clip back out. Yeah, so basically your chance of getting out is up to a second, astronomically small chance of making an exactly right step once again causing you to fall back into our reality. So it's pretty safe to say that if you do fall in, you're not making it out, which is very unfortunate. But hey, man, that's no clipping for you. But remember, remember, before you have a panic attack, I'll say again, the back rooms, they're almost positively not real. Like, there's no legitimate evidence pointing to the existence not only that, there's fucking hundreds of creepypastas about them, which always takes away from the legitimacy. Think about Slenderman, you know? How many creepypastas are there about that guy? We know he's not real. Also, I'm just going to put that there so you can relax a bit. Actually, as a matter of fact, it's pretty likely that the backrooms are actually born out of a creepypasta story. I mean, I can't confirm that, but it sure feels like that to me but that doesn't stop people from believing so if you wholeheartedly believe the simulation theory you better just hope and pray that you never no clip into the backrooms may luck be on your side you know it uh, it does make you think though kind of i mean well it makes me think i guess my brain's kind of broken and for whatever twisted into these Sort of thought patterns where i got to fill up all my time and my meaningful brain space to think about things like uh, potential server playgrounds that may exist that you could fall into if you take a perfect one-in-a-trillion step and, you know, the atoms line up with your atoms perfectly to make you fall through like a real realm glitch... I got lost there. What the fuck was I talking about? Oh yeah, it makes you think. See, I said it makes you think and then I started thinking about it so much that I forgot to think about what I wrote down to think about. It's fucking ridiculous out here. It's fucking ridiculous. But the thing that it does make me think about, maybe you too, how many people go missing every year, never to be found again? I'll tell you. Actually, in the United States alone, it's about 750 Thousand people a year go missing. You know where I'm going with this. What if a portion of them just fall into the back rooms, never to be found again? It makes you wonder. And I actually have a a personal story about the back rooms. What? But Justin? Dude? Dude, you said they weren't real, man. You said they weren't real. I'm not going to tell you that I fucking no-clipped into the back rooms and I... uh, no clipped out, I don't, I'm not, I'm not a crazy person, but I do have some wacky dreams, so I was sleeping, as one does, typically, before they dream, or during, really, and after, too, I guess, so I'm sleeping, and I'm having a dream, and I'm dreaming that I'm with my father, and a couple buddies, and we're just fishing, you know, I'm not even a big fisher guy. I don't really love fishing, but my dad does. You know, it was a fun bonding moment. We're fishing, and uh, we go on the shore. And there's a, not a castle, but like a, a brick sort of castle-esque building. Smaller, though. But I figure, I mean, that's right up my alley. I'm going to go check that out. So as I'm walking through it, I, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, end up in this um this hallway brown carpet damp (gasps) oh no yellow walls Uh uh-oh buzzing fluorescent lights Ooh. oh no the back rooms so i'm walking around checking it out nothing's there no one no one can hear me no one's behind me nothing there's nothing i'm just walking I keep walking, I'm checking it out, I'm scared, obviously, I just do some exploring, and I don't really find much, and then I come across a hallway filled with trash, like a mountain of trash that almost goes up to the ceiling, so I start climbing the trash, I'm a bit of a raccoon man, so I'm climbing the trash, and I get up, and at this point I'm crawling, right, because the trash mountain's so high, there's like a two feet in between the trash and the ceiling of this hallway, so I'm crawling in between that, and I start to come down the other side of the trash pile, and I'm walking, and I get to the end of a hallway, and there's a door, one of those old-timey, like almost like a, like a bank vault. So imagine like a house door with a bit of a, a vault turner on it. So I open that, and I. I walk in and there's like a woman-ish thing there. She just looked wrong. I don't can't really explain to you how you know dreams. And um, in my dream, I just feel like dread, panic. You're gonna die. So she stands up. She she was kneeling. I forgot to mention that part. She was kneeling. She stands up, starts screaming at me. Right. I have goosebumps right now recounting this dream. I, I say fuck it, dog. I just run at her. I'm in attack mode at this point. You're gonna scream at me, bitch. Now, was it disrespectful of me to go into your weird little vault room in the trash hallway back room? Yeah, maybe. I didn't knock or anything. But I'd been walking around for a bit. I didn't see anything. I figured, well, neat. I'll check that out. That seems like a point of interest if I know anything about video games. Regular door that doesn't work mean nothing. Interesting door with vault thing mean something? So, of course, I open it I go in. She gets uh, scary mad. She gets scary pissed, dude. So I charge her. I just start running. I'm like, look, man, if I'm going down, I'm going down with a fight. You know, I would never get violent for real. Well, yeah, maybe I would. In that scenario, I walk into a fucking vault room in the back rooms, and then some just surreal, incorrect lady starts screaming at me. Anyways, I remember running at her, and my vision got all like fucking weird. And then I woke up in a panic. So, of course, I knew about the back rooms at this point, so I'm like, well, logic would tell me that I, just because I know about it and it's spooky and a sort of a fun place to hang out in your head, probably just had a bad dream about the back rooms. But then I start thinking, what if, right, hear me out, it's kind of like astral projecting. You know, it's like, uh, it is a different dimension, by definition, so what if my the spirit of me accidentally, during sleep while dreaming, went into the back rooms? What if, you know, that would mean that I that my essence, me, has actually been in this probably fictional space created by the fears of the 9-to-5 man. I've been there, I've been there. At this point you're not even listening to a podcast about backrooms you're just listening to the ramblings of a <laughs> of a of a, a crazy person but again okay I know it was a dream dude I just thought it would, it tied in nice I figured I'd tell everybody about it so I'll tell you you know what I was going to say for some reason I'll tell you exactly why I told you about it cuz I am coming up on the last bit of information on the backrooms and I looked down and it was only like 20 minutes. I was like, fuck. Let's tell a five minute story. Even right now, 24 minutes, 19 seconds. I'm still doing it. I'm just talking about nothing. Let's get back on track. So I'm sorry for the nightmares. Hopefully you don't have a nightmare about it because it was really fucking scary. And I don't want you to be legitimately actually panicked. You know, this is just for fun. If it works, it works, but, you know. But, if you are interested, I think you should look up Backrooms on YouTube. I recently watched a short film based on this place, and I gotta say, it's extremely well done. I'm a movie guy. I'm a horror movie guy. So, I'm very... I don't know, I guess cynical, maybe? If someone shows me a horror short and it doesn't live up to exactly what I want it to, I'm like, yeah, I saw that coming. Like, I've just seen so many poorly done, unthought-out, like, just lazy horror short films on YouTube, and this one was not. extreme; It was extremely well done. It's called The Backrooms, bracket, found footage, bracket, and it was created by Kane Pixels. Super fun watch, and it gives a great understanding of what The Backrooms are like. Plus, it's under 10 minutes, so... I don't know this man, but I know that he is—he's a young man. I mean, I think he's like 16, and the fact that he made this at at his age is incredible. So I'm gonna ask you to just go support this filmmaker. Just go watch it, give it a like, and if it's too scary, you don't have to watch it. Just give it a like, anyways. You know, it, it would be great to give him some support because it's very well done, and and scary as shit. Now. To steer away from the back rooms, we're on to part two, the movie review. Oh shit, dude. Hold the fuck up. Pump the brakes. There's no movie review today. No, there's not. Why? Because. Today we're sticking with simulations. You thought we were just going to stop it right there. You fucking thought you knew me better. Simulations specifically... A horror simulation of sorts on the PlayStation 2. The survival horror perfection that is Silent Hill 2. See, as I was driving home from work today, it was hazy and foggy as hell. Of course, it made me think of Silent Hill. Yes, okay, there is Silent Hill movies. I'll tell you right now, I do not recommend those films. But I highly recommend the first two video games. The first three, honestly, are pretty good. But the first two are really where it hits. But especially the second one. It's, I mean, it's regarded as one of the best survival horror games of all time. You know, of course the graphics aren't great by today's standards. Like it was a PlayStation 2 release. But honestly, none of that matters. The story's incredible, incredible and bleak, and the monsters in the game are a direct reflection of the characters' fears and regrets. It's, like, it takes a lot for me to say this. You have to make something so, so incredible for me to say this, but it is truly a horror story masterpiece. I mean that wholeheartedly. It is perfect horror. Like, it's uh, it's incredible. So go play Silent Hill 2. I just, I recommend it with all my heart. If you can get a copy of it, go play Silent Hill 2. Go for it. Don't play the HD remakes. Trust me, don't do it. Play the original. Now, to end off this very bizarre episode, <laughs> where, you know, we'll wind it down with a music review, and to stay on track of the strange and off track the norm... I'm not even going to recommend a heavy band today. Usually I'm out here talking about hardcore bands, punk bands, metal bands, but today I think you should all wind the night down listening to a little Thundercat. Thundercat is a music producer. He's worked with some of the biggest and best hip-hop artists in the world and pop artists, from Kendrick Lamar to Bruno Mars. He's... Kind of the man. Thundercat's personal releases lean heavy towards the funk side, which I fucking love so much. Groovy bass lines, just wonky tones, you won't hear anything else. Soothing vocals. Oftentimes, which is nice, an upbeat hip-hop drum track. I mean, Thundercat will take you on a journey that has you nodding your head up and down from start to finish, and I really mean that. And honestly, it might even make you laugh. Especially if you check out the song um, (laughs) Dragon Ball Rag." I really recommend that song. It's fantastic. Don't listen to that song if you're thinking like, I'm going to get a feel for his overall vibe because that song is a little silly, but it's really good. He's really, really good. So sit back, you know, let all the thoughts of scary office spaces, hellish monsters just fade away with the bass lines of Thundercat bringing it all down back to earth. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you. This has been Justin's Horror Jabber. Catch the catchphrase. I love horror. And I hope it loves me back. Thank you. Thanks so much.